What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hello and welcome to Sports Unlimited. My name is Brandon Biscobing and I am your host for this evening. And I am flying solo for the first time ever, actually, on any show that I've ever done. So this should be a fun one. We've got a lot to talk about today, both locally and nationally, including some very good news on the football front on the local side. So be sure to stay tuned for that. Some big, exciting news coming out today. Uh, Not sure if you guys have seen it on Twitter already, but if not... Buckle up, you're in for a treat. But before we get on to that news, unfortunately, we have to talk about the elephant in the room. And that is, of course, the boycotts that occurred late last week as a result of the death of, or not the death, but the uh, shooting of Jacob Blake. Following everything that transpired, Bucks proceeded to boycott Game 5 in protest of the shooting, led to all three games Wednesday to be boycotted, the Brewers and Reds, and, you know, the the Bucks, and, you know, the Brewers as well. Uh, the reason why the Bucks were the ones to get the dominoes to start to fall is because this occurred in Kenosha, Wisconsin, right in Bucks territory. So they have a personal connection with with the event and and they felt that they needed to be the ones to start the trend. In MLB, Brewers and Reds boycotted, Mariners Padres boycotted, Dodgers Giants uh, boycotted on Wednesday, a bunch of teams also boycotted on Thursday, some teams on Friday, uh, one big controversy that kind of got started was apparently there was a rumor Sandy Alderson of the Mets thought that Rob Manfred was wanting them to pull a PR stunt of them walking off the field and then proceeding to come back and playing the game an hour later that did not occur they did they they did go on the field they they did uh do something on the field. I'm drawing a blank on what exactly they did. Uh, but And they, they laid a uh, Jackie Robinson jersey down uh, on the pitcher's mound. And then proceeded to walk off the field. And they did not play at all. NHL originally played on Wednesday. They did not get the memo quickly enough. Games were already in progress by the time the Bucks decided to boycott. So they did play on Wednesday, but postponed all games Thursday and Friday in protest. Multiple NFL teams also canceled practice. And even college football got involved with Kentucky players walking out of practice and a few other teams uh, 
you know, walking out of practice or not practicing or protesting uh, in various means over the end of the week and into the weekend. And once again, uh, you know, it it's it's frustrating that we're right back in the same situation we were three months ago uh, with with uh, George Floyd. Now, at that point, there were no sports going on. So the players were not boycotting games or anything like that. But as a result of that, that's what really got this going, was because there were no sports, players were not preoccupied with other things. They felt like they needed to do something, and they had the opportunity to do something, and they took advantage of it. And now... Because of everything going on, they felt like they needed to stand up and use this moment to speak out once again in regards to this whole situation. And once again, the message is clear by those players boycotting and the teams boycotting. We used this term, we used this phrase when it came to the pandemic, but it is certainly relevant here today as well with these situations. Sports are a reward for a functioning society. And it's it's the truth. And unfortunately, right now, we are not a functioning society. And I don't care what side you're on, left, right, north, south, east, west, what have you. But we need to get back to a point where... Instead of automatically, as soon as something happens, people need to pick a side and say, oh, just because of my political allegiances, I have to support something that any rational, free-thinking human being should say, no, this is wrong. And to all those people who are saying, you know, that we're bringing up his priors and and all of this, you know what. Does that really warrant him to get shot in the back? I mean, this is, you know, this is the U.S. where everyone, you know, especially those of certain political leanings, decide to, you know, want to glorify, you know, the Constitution. And one of the big things in the Constitution is the Bill of Rights. And one of those rights, the Fifth Amendment and the Eighth Amendment and the Fourth Amendment, they they talk about, you know, criminal stuff. It, it says you are, you have the right to a, a trial by your peers, you have the right to an attorney. All of the things that cops are supposed to tell people when they arrest someone. Uh, you know, right to remain silent, etc., etc. And one of those also is the right to, you know, no cruel or unusual punishment. And part of that has to be that cops can't just be judge, jury, and ex- executioner. They have to go through the process. And, you know, everyone, you know, everyone talks about, oh, he was, you know, moving away and and all of this, reaching for a knife or gun or what have you. 
especially if it was a knife. These cops are supposed to be trained in hand-to-hand combat. They're not supposed to be... They're not supposed to be trigger-happy. You know, they're supposed to be able to fight. And the one thing that, you know, holds very true nowadays that I think every single cop needs to be taught now is what Craig's dad said to him in the original Friday. You know, he said, you know, all these guys, you know, they want to have a gun, they want to look big and bad. You know, but the problem with guns is one person doesn't come back. They don't, you know, they're they're done. You know, but fists, you know, fighting with fists. You know, you win some, you lose some, but you live. You live to fight another day. And, you know, that should be the motto for everyone. Uh, so I, I just don't get it. I don't get how people can be rationalizing this stuff. No matter what, no matter what, you know, ridiculous thought you have, you just can't, you just can't rationalize it. Uh, you know, the, the one thing, um, you know, and, and the players are basically saying that, you know, here's the thing. You don't reward an unruly child who's not listening to reason with a distraction. You take away the distractions and the toys and all of that to make them listen to you. And that's precisely what the players were doing to the American people. Saying, if you're not going to listen to us, if you're not going to treat us as human beings, if you're just going to treat us like your toys and, you know, throw us away in the trash and not care about us as you will, then we're going to take your toys away. And the one concern that I have right now with all of this, and, you know, between everything I just said before and, you know, everything that's going on, is that those who need to hear this message right now, those who need to hear the message the most, are those that have tuned out of the NBA and MLB due to the statements that they've already made earlier on in the season, uh, you know, you see it all the time on Twitter, you see all the people saying, oh, you know, I'm done with the MLB and NBA and NHL and what other, and I mean, the craziest to me was all the people who, you know, loved NASCAR, but then as soon as NASCAR said that, oh, we need to take a stand for equality, and we need to get certain images out of the the stands and everything and off of the tracks. Suddenly you had this mass exodus of NASCAR fans. And it was it was really quite humorous to me at at how quickly you know these these diehard NASCAR fans could just suddenly jump ship. You know, now whether or not it's true is is anyone's guess. But, you know, it's still that concept of, you know, what people are saying. And and here's the other thing, too, about it. Is that because of the internet, because of social media, there's two big problems that we have. One is people 
wanting to basically enclose themselves into an echo chamber of reassurance. They they want to have everyone agree with them, and if and if someone dis, d- disagrees with them, and this is the other side to it, if someone disagrees with them, instead of having a rational, you know, you know, logical conversation with someone and try to see the other side, but at the same time try to you know, understand the other side and, and try to explain your side to them in a rational way without name-calling, without, you know, all of this, you know, oh, you're a Democrat, oh, you're, you know... Uh, you know, Trump tard, all of those things, all those names that you see on the internet all the time. Instead of doing that, let's compromise a little bit. I mean, that's, you know, everyone, you know, people want to talk about the Constitution all the time and try to, you know, put it on this pedestal as, you know, basically this, uh, this sacred document. But it was made by men. And it was made through compromise. I mean, if you study history of any sort, you know that there were a number of compromises made in the Constitution itself when it was written and throughout the U.S.'s history. So, you know, let's start getting some compromises going. Let's start having some real discussions on issues going again Instead of the automatic name calling. Uh, The one thing I'm worried about. uh, As well. The the one thing I'm worried about with all this. Is that the. Like I said. The people who have. Who need to hear this. Have already tuned out. Of these leagues. Due to the statements that they made already. And this may only convince. Some others. To jump ship and, you know, say to hell with professional sports. And that's that's not going to help anyone. That's not going to help anything. And I hate, I mean, I hate it. I don't like it. But at the same time, there really isn't a way to win. Un- unfortunately, because... Those people who don't agree with this are just so entrenched in their views that no matter what you do, you know, violently protesting, oh, that's bad, no violence. You know, peacefully protesting and, and just trying to send a message, oh, no, that that's wrong, you shouldn't, you know, you, know, you shouldn't mix uh, sports and politics. Well, newsflash, sports and politics have been interchangeable and... And uh, and ir- inseparable for decades now. I mean, just look at Jackie Robinson and all the things that he had to go through when he broke the color barrier. Look at Muhammad Ali. Look at Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Look at you know even going even further back. Look at Jesse Owens back in the 1939 Olympics. Uh, you know. Uh, or excuse me, the the 1936 Olympics, excuse me. Uh, you know, look at the the stuff that happened, uh, 
during I I'm drawing a blank on which Olympics it was, but with the the black the the black power salute, uh, you know, sports have always had a political edge to them, especially in times of crisis like like it is now. So you just can't you know you you just can't you know avoid it. I mean, yes, maybe. I won't even say it's getting to a point where it's getting more now. I think it's getting to a point where it's more prevalent only because things are bad again. I mean, if you look back at the 60s, when things were very, you know, rife with conflict throughout the country, sports played a big role in that. So, you know, it's it's not like this hasn't happened in the past. Uh, you know, I, I'm hoping this isn't the case, but it may be a situation of both preaching to the choir for these leagues, but at the same time pushing people away. Uh, I'm hoping that's not the case. I'm hoping people finally, finally get the message. But considering how social media is and and what we've seen over the past couple of days, the likelihood of that happening, probably small. But one can hope. I'm I'm here to try to be, uh, you know, a voice of reason and, and try to help people, you know, see see ways we can we can talk this out and get this uh, back in the right direction. Uh, you know, try not to get too political on this show, obviously. Um, you know, I try to keep it light and fun. But, unfortunately, nowadays, no matter what you do, you're always going to be wrong to someone. And if you think I'm wrong, if you think I'm right, whatever. Whatever you think, let me know. I, I want to hear what people's thoughts are on on this whole thing, message me on Twitter at Bisco NMB Chiefs, uh, and and let me know. Let me know what you think. Uh, let me know what you thought of you know them protesting, all of that uh, good stuff. So I'll take a quick break, and then when I come back, we'll have some NBA stuff. Well, first we'll have some NBA or MLB stuff. Excuse me. Uh, and then we'll go into NBA. So stay tuned right here on Sports Unlimited. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Welcome back. And we've got some MLB news and notes to talk about. First, Lucas Giolito threw a no-hitter earlier this, well, late last week. And, uh, I mean, it's crazy to me. Maybe it's just because of, you know, you everything is so much bigger when you're younger and everything. And you remember moments more vividly. But it seems to me and and how, you know, time stretches out. Uh well, time condenses as you get older. But it seems to me as though there have been a lot more no hitters uh recently than there ever were in Major League history. I think there were at least two or three last year, uh, maybe a couple the year before that. And, I mean, again, like I said, maybe it's just me, you know, focusing more on it and seeing it more. But, I, you know, prior to the last couple of years, you maybe saw a no-hitter or a perfect game maybe once a year, if that. Maybe every other year. Now you're seeing it. I mean, it's not regular. It's still a big deal. But you're seeing it a lot more than you used to. But still, congratulations to Lucas Giolito. And don't worry, I won't I, I won't do my Armando Galarraga rant right now. Because this wasn't a perfect game, so it doesn't matter. But once the perfect game comes around, you will hear my Armando Galarraga rant. So be prepared. Uh, Garrett Cole lost his first game since May of 2019, 28 straight unbeaten starts. Uh, unfortunate for him, we'll talk about Yankees a little bit, uh, in a little bit more in just a bit. Not exactly the greatest week for the Yankees this week. Uh, but still, I mean, he's had a great, uh, season and had a great season last year. I mean, that... That date, May of 2019, is a little askewed because if this were under normal circumstances, it basically would have been a year between his last two losses instead of a year and a half almost. Uh, But obviously with the season being halted until the end of July, it it was a little uh, worse. Um or, or a little longer, rather. But still, you know, unfortunate for him to lose that. But, you know, he's still a great pitcher. And he's he's going to be a big piece for the Yankees uh, moving into the home stretch. Which we're almost in. I mean, it, it's crazy. With this truncated season, it you know, the... The season j- has just flown by. We're almost two-thirds through the season already. And just last week we were talking about being uh, halfway through. So it's like it seems like every week we're like, oh, we're a quarter of the way through. Oh, now we're halfway through. It's like we're just blasting through this season. Uh, some more bad news for the Yankees. Aaron Judge injured again. Uh and the Yankees just keep on getting hit with this injury bug. And, I mean, I don't know what more you can do. You know, the Yankees just, every single year, uh, you know, and this year in particular, it's just they get hit over and over and over again. 
you know, you've got, uh, you've got, um, you know, Judge on, on the, uh, on the IL, you've got, you know, you've got a few other players, you've, you've got, uh, you know, LeMahieu on the IL, you've got, uh, let's see, I think, I mean, well, there's, there's a few other players, um, that I'm drawing a blank on their na- on who it is right now. Uh but, you know, they've just been hit constantly and it's not even a situation where oh, one player goes down and you know, they're out for maybe week, week and a half, two weeks, what have you. And then they're back and they're back to 100%. No, they'll get hit with the injury and then you know the next week, they'll they'll be he- or you'll think they're healthy, and they'll come back, and then they're back on the the DL once again. Uh, Glaber Torres is another one, and Paxton, who we talked about last week, he had a lot of comments about why this is happening, why there are so many injuries, uh, and he's absolutely right. The reason for why these injuries have been building and building and building this season is because of the limited amount of spring training that, or preseason or whatever you want to call it, uh, that these players have had thus far this season, uh, or going into the season, rather. So, you know, it, it's been a tough season for the Yankees and and they're starting to fall behind. That's that's hurting them even more right now. You know, the Yankees now are four and a half games back on Tampa. Now they're still in the wild card position. And you know, they're still in a good place. They're still well over 500. But this is a team that was anticipating being a World Series contender. And these injuries has, have just decimated them. And not only that, we're going to talk about something else in just a bit. It hurt their trade deadline prospects as well. So, this, the whole injury bug for the Yankees, and I mean, this isn't anything new to the Yankees. They've gotten hit, it seems like, every single year. They have one big guy after another go down with an injury, and I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is, if it's the pressure of New York, if it's something with the training staff, if it... I don't know what it is, but the Yankees need to get it taken care of. Pronto. And I I wonder... I don't know if you would consider doing this, especially considering... Where the Yankees are in the pen, in the division race now, you know if you want, if especially with the playoff format, though, I would not want to be going into the wild card because it's so uncertain. But with that being said, do you potentially have the? Do you potentially sit an Aaron Judge or a Glaber Torres and wait until 
either A, you're for sure that they are 100% healthy and that their muscles and their tendons and everything is strong to make sure that they do not potentially re-injure themselves. Maybe give them a bit of an extended spring training down at the alternate site. Let them take a few hits, get themselves in mid-season shape before bringing them back to the big club. Would you consider doing that? Probably not, but it is something to take into consideration, especially in a year like this. Uh, and, and one thing, and like I mentioned, segueing over to the other big story of the week, you know, this basically killed the Yankees' tra- trade deadline options. You know, I talked about it last week. I didn't want them to go after this guy anyway, but it's still a big blow for the Yankees to not get him. But, you know... Mike Clevenger, instead of going to the Yankees or go to any of the other options that we had, he gets traded to Slam Diego. And the Padres, in my opinion, just went from, you know, okay, they're a good team. They're a very good offensive team. But do they have the pitching to get them into the playoffs and deep into the playoffs to now suddenly being a a serious NL pennant contender. Everyone pretty much had it. Dodgers a shoe in for the NL. Now, even in the West, I'm not sure that the Dodgers have the West locked down right now. You know, I mean, looking at the the standings right now in the NL West, the Dodgers are out by up by four and a half games on San Diego. So, you know, San Diego, they still have a ways to go to get into that running of, you know, NL West pennant contenders. But, especially with Clevenger now, could they do it? Absolutely. I I think they could most certainly make it at least tight. And if they stay healthy... They uh, do I think they're going to make it to the World Series? Probably not. But do I think that they have the potential? Absolutely, especially now with Clevenger. But like I said, I think he's learned his lesson. But I'm kind of glad that the Yankees didn't get him because what he did in Cleveland, putting the, that team at risk, and think about it. At that time, this was right after St. Louis got hit with theirs and ended up getting shut down for almost a third of the season. But they... Manfred was legitimately thinking, do we need to shut this down? If If a third outbreak had come that late in the season... now. Especially with how things have gone since. Do I think Manfred was serious? I don't know. I don't. I think it would have all depended upon how much pressure was put on him by the media to shut it down. But, 
you know, three cases or three teams getting hit that close together, it would have been a bad look for the MLB. So I'm glad that the Yankees didn't get him in some ways, but I am not happy that the Yankees did not get anyone. But at the same time, I understand why, considering the lack of depth, and now, as a result, they have to use some of the players that they were originally thinking of dumping at you know for as trade capital to get us a, a, a another starter like a DJ LeMahieu uh you know like like a Clint Fl- Frazier those guys now have to step in and be everyday starters as a result of all the injuries so now as a result of that they're having you know they they're having to worry about that so that's you know that that that's a that's a situation uh that you know the uh the the Yankees had to deal with and as a result um you know they they kind of hurt themselves uh you know the 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 thing the the thing about the Yankees though uh, is that they're gonna need to get healthy quick uh, if they want to be uh, in contention for the World Series this season. So that that's that's what's going on there. Like I mentioned, Padres got Mike Clevenger from Cleveland in a nine-player deal. A bunch of players moving. Uh, the official the particulars on that deal. Mike Clevenger, Greg Allen, and a player to be named later go to the Padres for Austin Hedges, Josh Naylor, Cal Quantrell, Joey Cantillo, Gabriel Arias, and Owen Miller. So, it's not like the Indians didn't get pieces. They certainly got a lot of good prospects, and that will help them moving forward. But, you know, with the Padres trying to be legitimate contenders this season... That that helps them out a lot. Uh, that is for sure. Um, moving on to some other uh, trade deadline moves. A's got Mike Miner for the from the Rangers for two players to be named later. The Blue Jays acquired lefty Robbie Ray from Arizona. The big surprise move was Starlin Marte being moved. Uh, from the Diamondbacks to the Marlins. So the Marlins, you know, they're, they still haven't completely caught up on games, but they're only three games back on the Braves in the crazy NL East, and they're looking to make some moves, and they're trying to stay within contention. Uh, Blue Jays made another move. They also acquired Jonathan Villar from the Marlins, so qu- kind of a weird... Paradox for the Marlins, they trade for Marte uh, to to get some more strength offensively, but then trade Villar away, uh, you know, which probably will hurt them a little bit. Cubs traded for Andrew Chaffin and Josh Oshish. Uh, Phillies acquired David Phelps from the Brewers, so they look to still try to maintain in contention. Uh, and the Cubs acquired Cameron Mabin 
from the Tigers. Mets got catcher Robinson Chirinos and Todd Frazier from the Rangers, so they're trying to stay in contention. They also got Mel- Miguel Cast Mi- yeah, excuse me, Miguel Castro from the Orioles, uh, and the Red Sox sent Kevin Pillar to the Rockies. So a-, a bunch of moves, a few surprising teams trying to make some moves and stay in contention. Uh, but you know. It's going to be interesting to see how they uh, how they handle that situation, uh, and and who who really comes out as winners and losers in in this trade deadline. The one team that I will say, and I mean, it's not entirely because they didn't want to make moves, but I I hate to say it, but one of the big losers has to be the Yankees this this uh, trade deadline. So, Yankees have to kind of fight for their spot now. And it's going to be an interesting stretch run. AL East still up in the air. AL Central, which is weird because, you know, the Indians are still close. You know, they're they're not out of this by a long stretch. Uh, You know, the Indians... Are just uh, one game. They're just one game back on the White Sox in the AL Central. Uh, so it's not like they're out of the race at all. They're a game up on the wild card. So they're in. They're in the playoffs. For, if the season ended today, they're in the playoffs. But they're but they're trading away one of their top guy. Their top pitchers. Now, granted, he wasn't even on the team because they sent him down to the alternate site because you know. Because of his stupid mistake. And maybe that's the reason why they traded him. Which if that's the case. Then that's fine. I agree with that. But you know. If. If that's. If that's the only reason. I mean. I agree with the move. In theory. But it may come back to bite them. Later on. Uh, so that's, that. That'll just about wrap it up. For MLB talk. We'll take a quick break and come right back, talk some NBA news in the NBA playoffs right here on Sports Unlimited. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, overplayed by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back as we have some NBA news to talk about. First off, Giannis Antetokounmpo won Defensive Player of the Year. Congratulations to him. Uh, Damian Lillard left the bubble early 
to get his left knee examined. Not really all that surprising uh, with the season essentially over. At that point, they were down 3-1 to the Lakers and then ended up losing 4-1 to those same Lakers. Uh, Lakers advanced. Clippers also advanced 4-1 over, or excuse me, 4-2 over the Mavericks. Uh, You know, tough, tough break for the Mavericks. It should have been, it should have gone to 7 uh, and I will stand by that. Whether or not the Mavericks would have won, that's another story altogether. But at the same time, you know, the the Mavericks just got a rough end of the stick. Luka wasn't 100%. Kristaps wasn't 100%. Uh, you know, and, and they had to fight against the ref, so, yeah. But that is definitely a team that is going to have to be on the lookout. Uh, will have to be on the ro- Will definitely be on the rise uh, moving forward. Um, you know, so yeah, the 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 clip or the Clippers advance, but the Mavericks are definitely a team to watch moving forward. Uh, Denver and Utah are actually playing now. Uh, so, there, uh, see if we can get an update. Denver is up 50 to 36 on the Jazz. So, if that holds, and it's halftime right now, if that holds the Nuggets, the night, the Nuggets may pull it out and, uh, come up with the victory. Uh, in that one and move on to the next round. That's game seven. And then OKC in Houston, also uh, in Game 7, they play, I believe, later on tonight. Uh, so that should be a fun one as well. On the east side, uh, Miami and Milwaukee. Miami, both Miami and Milwaukee advance, and they face each other right now. Miami came up with the upset victory in the first game, and they're up one nothing now. And Boston... Boston, the the three-seeded Boston Celtics. Now, it's only a 3-2, but still, everyone was coming in. They thought, oh, Raptors-Bucks is going to be the Eastern Conference Finals. Boston, up 2-0 on, on Toronto, and they're looking strong. So, it's going to be a fun ride. Uh, lots of different storylines. Lots of fun storylines in the NBA, uh, and and it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun little ride uh, moving forward. Uh, we'll go over to the NHL real quick, uh, and ironically, right after I said I thought the Golden Knights had the series in the bag last week uh, on Tuesday, the Canucks proceed to win Game Two in. Pretty solid fashion, I might add. Uh, the final score of that game was 5-2. to two, And that tied the series up. But then, you know, right after that, it's like Vancouver heard me for the game, for that game. They heard me for game two. But then Vegas said, okay, enough of that. You know, we're turning on the Jets again. And have won the la- the next the next two, 
Uh, they play tonight at 9.45. Uh, so, you know, I think Vegas probably will uh, clinch. But who knows? Who knows? It, it's That's going to be an interesting one. I think, like I said, I think Vegas has it in the bag. Uh, the big story, and, and it's kind of funny, I, I, this is another one that I said, I, it was the opposite for this one. I said, I think the Avs have a chance. After Dallas was up 2-0 on the Avs going into Tuesday, or going into their game Wednesday, and now Dallas, or excuse me, Colorado has won two of the last three. Or, yeah, two of the last three. So, they're another team. They play tomorrow at 8. That That's another series. Now, that one, I do think Colorado has a chance of coming back and and winning. Um, and now, moving over to the East. Islanders leading Philly 3-1. And the Game 6 is on currently. Or, excuse me, I think that game may actually be over. Let me... Look at that. Yes, that one. Yes, that one is on currently. That's actually, they're actually in overtime, tied at three. Uh, so that's a, that's going to be a, a fun ride. If, if the Islanders win that one, they will advance on to the next round and Tampa Bay has already advanced to the set, to the Eastern Conference Finals winning 4 to 1 over Boston which is that's one that last week I thought Boston would be able to win that one out it was tied 1-1 last week during uh you know before the show or excuse me Boston was up one nothing last week during before the show, uh, or during the show, and Tampa came roaring back and won the next four straight to win it in total. So craziness in in the NHL. I mean, it's always crazy in the NHL, but th- this year especially, uh, lots of lots of interesting storylines, especially with the Islanders being a six seed. Looks like they're gonna go to the uh, semi with to the Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, so, yeah, lots of fun sports, and and we're gonna have even more fun s- with sports over the next couple of weeks uh, because the next two sports that I'm about to talk about are coming back. Within the next couple of weeks. One next weekend. This upcoming weekend. And the other one the weekend after that. So I'll take a quick break. And then we'll come back. And talk a little NFL news. Right here. NFL news and college football news. Right here on Sports Unlimited. With lucky landslots. You can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved. We are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome back as we have some NFL news to talk about. Basically, just some Jaguars news to talk about uh, from this week. Jaguars traded Yannick Nankwe, uh to Minnesota for draft picks. Another Jaguar forces their way out of Jacksonville and looks to have some greener pastures elsewhere. For you know, we had the situation with Jalen Ramsey last year. Now Nakwe moves on, and another man. He did not get traded. He got released instead. But Leonard Fournette, after a turbulent time in Jacksonville, gets released from the Jaguars and is now a free agent. So, Jaguars may be going for that Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes this season. Uh, So, if you're a Jaguars fan, sorry, but uh, you're in for a bad time this year. Uh, so, good good luck with that. Uh, but, you know, we're a couple of weeks away from football. It's crazy, I know. It feels like just yesterday we were in June. And even before that, we were in March. Uh, this year has been absolutely crazy, and it. I don't think we're getting any crazier. Or, I don't think we're getting any less crazy in the coming months. That is for sure. So, buckle up, people. Jumping over to the college side, and the chaos just continues in college football. Let's begin out in Texas, shall we? Texas Tech reported 21 active cases of COVID-19 in the football program, but still proceeded to practice. And this is exactly what I've been talking about. It looks like a lot of people in groups aren't caring about the virus and are just moving on at this point. And not only that, but it looks like no one, you know, we, we talked about it before. A lot, of, a lot of experts have speculated that, oh, with, with everything that's been going on and the chaos that has ensued with college football... And different parts going in different direction. And no one having any real leadership. That this was the time to get a college football commissioner. This was the time to solidify power into one entity. So that there would be some oversight on college football. Instead of, you know, essentially the inmates running the asylum. But no, instead we get... You know, instead of that, we've got, uh, you know, uh, seemingly everyone doing their own thing and one hand's doing one, one hand's doing one thing and the other hand's doing some, something completely different. And right now, in today's climate, 
that's just a recipe for disaster. It it's not a it's not a good sign at all for college football because here's the thing. You know, it 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 looks like, you know, on some levels with some schools, with some programs, it looks like it looks like more it looks more and more like we're headed towards everyone trying to move on and it's probably going to lead to disaster. But at the same time, going on the flip side, you know, now these two it doesn't really matter that much, but you know, Colorado State they suspended all football related activities. Doesn't really matter because the Mountain West was already shut down. Arizona State they said they had 161 positive cases on campus. Again, doesn't matter because of them being shut down already. You know, but you know Georgia Southern had to suspend their practice after some positive tests. So you know, where's the rule? You know, and and on top, and then you know you had a report coming out that Oklahoma had a whole position group all come down with the virus except for one player. And this is apparently a group that needed multiple players on the field at once, whether it was wide receiver or linebacker or offensive lineman, defensive lineman, what have you. We don't know what it was, but it was just a a group that needed to have multiple people on the field at once. And this is not a good look for the Big 12, especially considering Texas Tech as well. And now, I didn't see whether or not Oklahoma continued to practice. But if they did, it looks really, really irresponsible. Looks really, really bad on the Big 12. And, I mean, I know Coastal is headed up to Kansas, you know, in a couple of weeks. Or or later on this week, actually, if I remember correctly. I don't know whether, uh, you know, I, I don't know whether Kansas has any issues, but I would not want to go into Big 12 territory right now because it just looks like the inmates are running the asylum over there. And it's it's just not a good look. We'll see what happens over these next couple of weeks as we get as we start to get into games and everything. Uh, but you know, and and what's even crazier is you know, th- this is another story that you know kind of just shows how everything is just all wacky and up in the air. Wednesday, ACC announced North North Carolina State against VaTech will be postponed due to the cases and quarantine at North at, at NC State. And then only a few minutes later, ESPN announced the start times and networks for the Labor Day weekend games this upcoming weekend. That's how crazy this whole thing has gone with 2020. Everyone's just doing their own thing. You know, on top of that, you had ECU and Marshall postpone their opener. Uh, You know, it seems like one hand's doing one thing, another hand's doing another, and no one really knows what's going on. And on top of that, outside, you know, you know, outside, I mean, I, I really haven't heard anyone really talking about this. There's so many questions in regards to how exactly this is being done safely. There are more questions than there are answers right now. Are the bands and cheerleaders traveling with the teams to away games, which they normally do for football? 
you know, the, there's a lot of other questions. It's not just football. You got to figure out everything. And it doesn't seem to me, I mean, maybe they do have some kind of contingency plan. But the other thing, too, you know, it looks like, you know, you know, Texas Tech said that they had 21 active cases in the football program itself. And they still practiced. We're at Georgia Southern. You know, they said they had some positive tests, never got a concrete number. But, you know, let's assume that it's less than 21, which it probably is. Because 21 is a pretty big number for a football team. You know, that's almost, you know, almost a quarter of the team. You know, well, it is, it's, it's over, it, you know, it's about a quarter of the team for a college team. Considering that, I just, I just don't know what's going to happen. I just, I, like I said last week, like I said the week before, we are headed towards a crossroads, and it looks to me, personally, like we're headed towards just full steam ahead. At least for most. But, it's, it, it, it's just, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. And and on top of that, this week, you know, we had the first game of the season with Austin P and, and Central Arkansas playing. Not FBS, but still, you know, it was nice to see football back, but, you know, it's still kind of, it, it's still kind of rocky right now. It's still kind of rocky. Um, you know, so th- it, it's going to be an interesting uh, situation. Uh Two other quick stories for college football. Nebraska players are suing the Big Ten to restart the season. Highly doubt this works. And it's a really bad look for Nebraska. It makes Nebraska look like the spoiled child of the Big Ten that isn't getting their way. And it's not going to go anywhere, I doubt. I mean, at this point, it, it, it at this point, you know, it gets... It gets to a certain point. I mean, if if there was a ruling right now today, maybe they get something going and they're able to start when the SEC is starting. But I I don't I just don't know. Uh, it, it's gonna be something where these players are. You know, I don't know what they're think, thinking. I understand that they want to get their season and everything. It, but it's just not a good look. It's just not a good look. Um, you know, I... I mean, at this point, if I were the Big Ten, I'd be very pissed off. And maybe this is just me and how I've thought. I, I know they've never been an independent. Uh, but... Nebraska, to me, just because of the way their field is and and the way they look and and the fact that they're kind of out in the middle of nowhere, they've always felt like an independent school to me. And maybe they should try it. Maybe they should try it. Do I think they'll be like Notre Dame? No. I think they'll be a lot closer to BYU than Notre Dame. But, you know, 
If if, if you want to play football that badly, go go be an independent. You know, I mean, you know, it's a it would be a very stupid move, but you know, may, maybe that's what the the Big Ten should do. Give them a little kick in the rear of saying, "Hey, you disrespected us." Okay. If you want to go try it on your own, if you want to go rough it on your own, be my guest. Go for it. And, you know, if if it doesn't work out, you know, maybe we'll be here to bring to take you back. Maybe we won't. You know? It, it, it's like it, it's like a uh it, it's like a a girlfriend or boyfriend that, you know, sees the greener pastures on the other side. It's like the uh, the other spouse says, you, you want to go try? You want to try uh, seeing what your options are out there? Go ahead. May, maybe I'll be here when you get back. Maybe I won't. Who knows? You know? So, yeah. It, it, it's chaos. It's just utter chaos. One final story on college. FCS deci- deciding on how to proceed with a spring season on Thursday. They're planning on having the tournament... April eighteenth to May thirteenth or to May fifteenth, excuse me. And while I have no idea how spring football will work, I have no idea whether the Big Ten or Pac twelve or any of the other FBS conferences, the MAC and the Midwest or Mountain West, excuse me, uh decide to go go ahead. Uh but it especially if let's say and i doubt this happens but let's say those four conferences do not play i would love it for the fcs now again i don't know how well spring football will work but you know especially with it being college it could potentially now i'm not advocating to move it there permanently but i do think if the fcs has a monopoly on football in the spring now i wouldn't say keep fcs football in the spring forever but still i'm hoping that maybe it it draws a little uh a few more fans over to the fcs side because FCS is where the real national champion is. Not this mythical, you know, only half of the teams count. Quote unquote national champion. No, they have a real national champion where everyone has a fair shot. I wasn't going to do this rant with a pandemic going on and everything, but this gives me as good of a time as any. The the College football national champion that everyone thinks of is mythical. Always has been and still is even with the playoff. And here's why. You cannot say that you are a national champion when over half of the teams do not have a real shot at playing in the game. And don't give me this Oh, strength of schedule, you know, whatever ridiculous reason that people give to exclude the non-Power 5s. And I've had this debate with other people. 
And I would love for it to happen just to... Well, I mean, in a sense, it kind of did a few years ago with Iowa. But I would love to see a non-power, Power 5 school, like in Iowa, like in Iowa State, like a Vanderbilt, like maybe, yeah, Boston College... Uh, Duke, you know, one of these non-prestigious Power 5 schools. I would love to see them go undefeated just to see whether or not they would be allowed in. Because it would prove my point outside of even the whole, oh, group of five because they don't play anyone BS. If I, I could see it. Because look at Wisconsin and Miami a couple of years ago when they were undefeated up until towards the end of the season. They were getting shafted left and right. And and I said it on a couple of different podcasts. I said, even if Wisconsin goes undefeated, watch, they're not going to get in. And I, I just, I want it to happen so badly just so that I can see... If I'd be right or not. And maybe I'm right. Maybe I'm wrong. But I, I would love to see it happen. Just just to see whether whether or not it would. Uh, so that that's my uh, that's my little college football rant for the day. Um, we'll take a quick break. And then we'll uh, come back with the Grand Strand Report. Lots of good things to talk about for the local uh, high school scene. And a big, big announcement at the end. So be sure to stay tuned. We'll be right back. This is Sports Unlimited. Welcome back as it is now time for the Grand Strand Report. And first, some recruiting news. Adam Randall from Myrtle Beach, the soft, the junior from Myrtle Beach, has received offers from two Power 5 conference teams today. One local, one not so much. First one this afternoon came in. Clemson offered the recruit out of Myrtle Beach earlier today. And then this evening, Oregon also offered Randall. So, lots of good things for Myrtle Beach. I talked about them last week. We talked about them with the rankings. They look to be the odds-on favorite for Class 4A Region 6. And they're going to be tough to beat this year. We'll talk about Myrtle Beach more in just a little bit. But first... Going on to the hardwood, uh, first going back to last week's Big Shots Charleston Summer Classic 2, Mike Heron and Javi Marlowe both got first team all-tournament, Kaimani Knox got second team, and Mike Heron led the tournament in scoring. So, big things looking up for Heron, and you know we've been talking about him all summer long. He's, he's a big name to watch out for, and it will be fun to watch him play at Sacristy this season for the Braves. 
Now moving on to the Big Shots Rock the Rock this past weekend out in Rock Hill. For Ascend Ballers 15 under, Ryan Repic from Sockets D. He had a good pull up and had made some good shots. Devin Granger out of Conway. He was making it from college range. Uh, also had a good drive line inbound. Cutting into the paint as the ball was inbounded and getting the layup and the foul. And also had a good pull up from within the arc as well. So a lot of good uh, things from him this weekend. Aiden Brantley, also from Conway, had some good defense on a drive, uh, being able to stand up and, and protect the rim. Uh, had a good pull-up in range. He was draining him for from college range as well. So he had he had a good weekend as well. Javion Crawford from Whitmore Park Middle School had some good hustle, getting his own offensive rebound. Uh, so a guy to look forward to moving forward out in Conway. Uh, for Co- Coach Mark Gerald Elite 12 Under, Myquan McWhite from the Florence area needs to stay on his man on defense a little bit and uh, needs to get his range a little better. Either decide to shoot a little closer in or or work on his uh, three ball because he was putting up some shots from long range, but none of them were going in. Uh, so, you know. Not sure if he was just having a bad day or, you know, or what, but needs to work on that. A player that, you know, definitely needs some work, but, you know, he's he's 12 under, so a young young guy, uh, young player, young kid, uh, but, you know, someone that will be uh, someone to look forward to for the Florence area teams uh, moving forward this season or, you know, in the future. For Ascend Ball is 13 under. Javion Crawford, again, from Whitmore Park Middle School, played on two teams this weekend. Uh, had some good post defense, uh, like I mentioned before, and some good hustle off the miss of, for offensive rebounds. So impressive for him playing uh, it on two separate teams and, and being able to be competitive in both and at both level levels. Some high school updates real quick. SEHSL set guidelines for fans attending games. Will allow more than 250 people, but will be reduced capacity about 50%. So not everyone will be able to get to the games this season for football. And I have some news in regards to that in just a little bit. But first, before we talk about that, the evening sports page, all PD team came out. Actually, at the beginning of the month, but I missed out on it. But now I have it, and I will run it down for you. First for the first team, both of the rival quarterbacks are on the first team, all-region team. Uh, Ryan Berger from Myrtle Beach and Cam Freeman from NMB, both the top quarterbacks in the PD. Uh, you know, for, for them, they're, they're doing P, they're including the grand strand along with the PD, uh, in their, in, in their, uh, region rankings. Uh, Nemo Squire from Dillon, the running back, as well as Terry McKitchen from West Florence. The aforementioned Adam Randall, who got a couple of big offers today. He's the first running, or wide receiver, excuse me, uh, on the first team. Donovan Pirolo, Pirolo from Sumter, offensive lineman. Another offensive r- lineman is Karen Roberts from Wilson. 
Reggie Cabbage Stock from Hartsville, also an offensive lineman. Out of Dylan Nigel George, an athlete. And Jackson Forrest from Waccamaw, uh out there with the high with the S T as well. Uh some risers on the first team, Matt Stroud, offensive lineman from Hartsville. Now going over to the defensive side, Davin Jackson from Sumter, defensive line. Dyshawn Small from Darlington, defensive lineman. Justice Justice Williams from St. James, defensive back. And Jabari Tiller from Sumter, also defensive back. Denzel Brown, South Florence, athlete. Elijah Vereen, we've seen him on the basketball court. Also a football player from North Myrtle Beach. He is also on the first team for an at, as an athlete. Brylin Smith-Sapp from St. James, hybrid. And a riser for the first team, Luke Bozard, linebacker and running back from Sockesty. Now moving over to the second team, Carlton Terry from Conway and Ryan McCant from Sumter are the two quarterbacks. Jazir Sinkler from Loris, the Flex. Pete Marlowe from West Florence, offensive lineman and tight end. Quay Dixon from South Florence, offensive lineman. Tyreek Hill from Sockesty, athlete. And the one of the rise, a couple of risers from the area, Jabori. Eagleton, wide receiver from Wilson. Mikkel Lance, running back from Loris. And Jake Marlowe, quarterback from Sockesty. So, three 5A Region 6 quarterbacks on the second team. So, that that 5A Region 6 is going to be very strong. And based on what I've heard, we'll, uh, we'll see him in action. I'll talk about this in just a little bit. We'll see him in action in... A little over a week. Uh, but, you know, the Carolina Forest quarterback having to replace Mason Garcia, having some big shoes to fill, is also going to be a guy to look out for. High praise from hit for him uh, yesterday. Uh, so, you know, he's going to be a guy to look out for. So a lot of good quarterbacks in quintuple A. Region 6. So that's going to be a fun, fun region to watch. Going over to the defensive side. Sadiq Moore from Sumter. Defensive lineman. Also from Sumter. Tyjon Roach. Defensive lineman. Jonah Freshly from Conway. Defensive lineman. Trayvon Johnson from Dillon. Linebacker. DJ Williams from West Florence. Linebacker. Trace Hall from NMB. Defensive back. Zion McLaurin from South Florence, defensive back. And the risers, Jameek Scott, linebacker from South Florence. So there you have it. There is your evening sports page, all PD teams. The guys in the area or the guys to look out for as we head into the season. So, one final announcement. And if you've been on Twitter, maybe you saw it. Maybe you saw it. Maybe you didn't. But 
I can officially announce, it's been in the works for a few weeks now, but now I can officially announce that you are listening to the voice of Carolina Forest Panthers football in the 2020 season. I will have all the action for, for the Panthers this fall. So if you are one of the, I'm sure, many unlucky ones that will not be able to get to games this season as a result of the limited capacity, as well as, you know, I'm sure some, some travel restrictions for away fans. I will have all the action, both home and away, all season long. So be sure to check that out. The release is up on Carolina Force uh, Panthers athletic website. So check it out. Read up on me. Lots of fun things in the works for this season. So... Good news, some good news. Hopefully some some good news coming forward and hopefully things can get back to normal sooner rather than later. So that'll just about wrap it up for me tonight. I hope you guys enjoyed the show and I will talk to you guys next week. So long everyone.